Mark chapter 16. Um, grab the notes on the Facebook page, and uh, if you'd like the PDF of, of the notes, you can go to scottmillerblog.com, and you can find them there. I want to get into uh, a message. Uh, just before I do, though, can I just say one, one more time, apologies for anyone uh, trying to get on YouTube. Uh, we've struggled just because of the business of YouTube to get up there, but I'm so glad we've got this here on Facebook. But uh, if you haven't yet, in the Facebook uh, message area, the common area, would you let us know that you're there? Just let us know you're there, who you are, what's going on. Um, just say, hey, whatever. Because today we want to talk about the greatest event in all of history. You know, the other day, I know, unlike most of you, um, I've been watching uh, a lot of online television or whatever it may be. I'm sure none of you have been doing that. Um, but I, I was on YouTube, and I, I, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I like watching these highlight reels of like, you know, the, the, the top 10 greatest trick plays ever in the NFL. And so I'll sit there and watch that off of YouTube or, or the greatest basketball half-court shots, whatever it is. or whatever. So I, I was watching that the other day, and I don't remember which girl it was, but one of my daughters was just like, Dad, do you really enjoy watching that? I mean, they were just like, what is it about this? They're, they were trying, I, I love them to death because they were trying to get into my world and understand, Dad, how does this bring you joy? Why do you understand? And I, I, I can't put it into words. To, just watching a highlight reel of some of the greatest, greatest sports hits of all time. And, and I, I, you think about the message and what we're going to talk about today. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you know when we get to heaven, if we sat around and if they sat around, it's like we're going to create a highlight reel of all of what God has done. I'm not so sure there's even anything that is worthy to go on a video than what we're going to talk about here today. This is the greatest highlight of all time. And if you're not to Mark chapter 16 yet, you're probably never going to get there, so just follow along. Here we go. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Maybe we should have thought of that before we left. Okay, let's keep going. But when they looked up... They saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go. Tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you'll see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. A very familiar story, piece of history. In fact, it's recorded in every one of the Gospels. And the interesting thing is if you have time today is to go to each one of those Gospels because they're all talking about the same event from just a little different perspective. And to me, that's what brings strength. It wasn't uh, strength to the authority of the gospel and the authority of the word of God. Because it wasn't like a bunch of old men were sitting around saying, hey, I know what we ought to do. Hey, let's start a religion. Okay. So they're sitting around trying to figure out how can we make sure all of our stories line up? How can we make sure that all of us kind of say the same thing? And let's make sure we do this. No, that wasn't what it was. All they were doing here in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is they're just reporting the facts. 
This is what happened. This is what's going on here. Mark, the gospel we're in today, was probably, it looks like, written to the Romans, to the people that were Romans, and, and uh, much help from the apostle Peter, who was also there uh, uh, as, a, as an eyewitness, as Mark was, was writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So as we look at this passage, the resurrection story from the book of Mark, I just want to pull out three quick things that I believe are just uh, uh, going to apply today and going to be applicable to your life today. The first one is this. Look in your notes. First, this is it. This is a word of faithfulness. Circle that word if you've got a pen. Faithfulness. Underline it. Put an arrow at it. Faithfulness. When God says he's going to do something, he is faithful to do it. That's a great time to say amen to all those in your living room. Give a holy high five or an elbow or whatever it may be there. (laughs) Um, Some of the worship team's helping me out here in the sanctuary. He's faithful. God is faithful. Uh, Look at Mark uh, uh, 16, verse 6. Look at verse 6. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Look at this last part of verse 7. Just as he told you. You know, I knew uh, Jesus several times had told them that he was going to die and he was going to rise again. But this is the first time I really caught that. He, the detail with what he said, after I'm, I resurrect, I'm going to go meet you guys in Galilee. <laughs> Jesus said that earlier. Um, uh, let's see, we're in Mark chapter 14, verse 28. Look at that. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. That's what Jesus said. And here uh, the, the angel is saying, listen, you need to go meet them. Jesus is faithful to his word. God is faithful to his word. Isn't it interesting, the first verse 6, though? Don't be alarmed. I know you came looking for a dead body. I know you came looking for a friend. I know you came looking for the one who is your savior, your Messiah, your teacher, your, 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 your uh, rabbi, uh, the one you're learning from, the one that your, your heart, you, you loved and you, you so wanted to see again, but you knew you wouldn't because he was dead. You came looking for the dead. This is a great friend of yours, but he's been raised. He is not here. And see the place where they've laid him. He's not there. It's not what they expected. They thought they would find a corpse. They thought they would add some perfume and spices to the the work of Joseph of Arimathea. And as well as um, what we see in the the Gospel of John. Looks like Nicodemus helped Joseph. And and they had already placed him in the tomb and taken care of some initial thing. Sealed the thing shut. No, sir, he wasn't there. Now, I need you to tune in here. Because what you and I think about what we're talking about today, the resurrection, what you and I think is so critical, what you and I think about this and what we really believe about this, I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Um, You don't have to turn there. Just look on the screen and follow along with me. It's kind of lengthy, but stay with me. Kids, you too, stay with me. Look, Look on the bottom of the screen there. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. This is the Apostle Paul which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. What, what did he pass on? What did the Apostle Paul say? Keep going. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and then he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. 
That was the, that's the gospel message. That's the same gospel message for us today. Jesus Christ, he, he came, uh, he died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again. How important is this? Well, let's keep going. In fact, let's jump to verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he, did not, if, but he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. I love that word, futile, futile. Are you still in your sins? Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all. Let's just stop right there before we get to that last part, because here it is. Listen, if, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, the Apostle Paul's saying, this is all a waste of time. Let's just shut it down. Let's just go home. Let's just go. No, but Christ has indeed been raised from the cross. Amen. He's alive. He's, he's not dead. And because he's been raised from the dead, we have the promise and the hope that we will be as well. Here's the question for you. Skeptic, listen to me. The one who's been struggling with this whole Christianity thing. You're like, Christianity's kind of for old ladies and, and you know, grandmas. and It's not really for me. No, Christianity is for all of us. Scott, I'm not so sure. Well, here's the deal. It's fine, it, 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 it's fine if you believe it, but uh, you, you might say, Scott, it's fine if you believe it, but it's a struggle for me. Here's, here's the deal. That's exactly why Mark and the other gospel writers wrote the gospels. It's because they wanted to help you believe. They, they're, they're getting eyewitness account. Mark here, I mean, just look how, how practical and how realistic Mark writes here. If you're... If you're a little bit skeptical, you're not quite sure about this, then why would Mark mention these people? Look at the cross. There's three women mentioned three times um, at the cross. Mark 15, 40. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. Now look at the grave. Mark 15, 47. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. At the tomb, when the Sabbath was over, Mark 16, 1. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices. Why three times? Because you see Mark, as he's writing this under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he wants you to know that this isn't just a story that's made up. This isn't just a legend that they were sitting around trying to figure out, oh, how can we make this just like a most exciting story? And Mark was like, I know. Let's mention the same three ladies there three different times. Oh, that'll really pull people in there. No. You see, what Mark is doing is he's saying, listen, I've talked to people that were there. I, I talked to eyewitnesses. In fact, here's three ladies. Can I point out to you, they were there at the cross. They were there at the grave. They were there at the empty tomb. And listen, if they would have gotten together and tried to figure out a, a way to really slam dunk and come up with a great story, I can just tell you, given the culture of this time, they would not have had women at the cross and at the grave and at the tomb. Because at this time, in this culture, a testimony from a woman, from a woman was, was, was not highly regarded. The truth is, this is what happened. 
Now let's focus on another quick question that I think uh, many of us might have. And that's, uh, well, let's just look. Uh, Mark 8, 31, look. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, that he must be killed and after three days rise again. First time in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus shares with them that he's going to rise again. Mark 9.31, because he was teaching his disciples, he said to them, Son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of man. They will kill him, and after three days, he's going to rise again. Mark chapter 9, second time in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is teaching and telling this. Mark chapter 10, verse 33, we're going up to Jerusalem, he said. Son of man will be betrayed to the chief priest, teach the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles, who will mock him and spit on him and flog him, kill him. And three days later, he will rise Three different times, the Gospel of Mark records that Jesus tells them that he's going to be resurrected. Don't you think that somebody would have thought about that? Oh, uh, remember what he said? He's like, three days later, he's going to rise again. I don't know, maybe we should go. Um, I'm just thinking before we go spend the money on all these spices and everything, let's just go make sure that he's really still dead. I mean, you, you think one of those ladies would have been, I mean, uh, uh, the, the, you know, the one who like... Uh, is like straight up Aldi quarter lady. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, uh, generics all the way. Um, Dollar General is her friend. I mean, that, this is, you think one of them would have said, before we spend this money, I think we need to go make sure he's dead. Because remember, three times he told us. Uh, so what's the point, Scott? Here's the point. They were just as shocked as we would be at his resurrection. They were just as shocked as we would be that he really rose again. So here's the question. Do you believe? Because it, all, of it, all of your salvation, all of your eternity really comes down to, to how you answer this question. And Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that's how important this faithful word of God is. Where, where are you at on that? Unless you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no way to be saved. Do you believe the word of faithfulness? Let's second one. It's the word of grace. The word of grace. Look at verse 7. But go, tell his disciples and Peter... A stop right there. It wasn't like the angel said, I've got a word to give those silly lily-livered chicken, those, those chicken disciples of Jesus, those coward friends of yours. Let me tell you what you ought to say to them. Go tell those nervous Nellies, as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. You tell them this. If they spend all day mourning, weeping, crying, fasting for a day. No, not a day. Fasting for a week. No, not a week. If they fast for 21 days, then maybe they'll get a little, just like a little bit of Jesus' time. Bunch of chickens. No, that's not what he said. He doesn't say it at all. The message is, go tell them Jesus loves them. He cares for them. He wants to meet them in Galilee. He wants to know them. He wants to have fellowship with them. Because you got to get this, understand this. The gospel isn't how can you get yourself to a place where Jesus can love you. 
Let me say that again. The gospel is not about how can you get yourself to a place where finally Jesus can love me. But how can you get yourself to Jesus so that he can pour on his mercy, his grace, his love to the point where you'll be driven to repenting of your sin? After all, that's what Romans 2, 4 says. Not realizing that God's kindness is what leads you toward repentance. Do you see grace in verse 7? I want you to look at it again because there's two teeny tiny little words. He says, tell his disciples and Peter. Why did he have to say and Peter? Wasn't Peter a disciple? We all know. Read the Gospels. Peter was hanging out with him. He was one of the disciples. Look at when Jesus called Peter. He was one of the disciples. Why did he have to say and Peter? I'll tell you why. Because put yourself in Peter's shoes. You just denied him three times. You just turned on the one who was your, your teacher, your savior, your Messiah, who you believed. You just turned on him. And I wonder if you heard that Jesus is wanting to meet the disciples and you were Peter. You say, well, he's surely not talking about me. Do you see the picture of grace here? And how interesting that the very one who denied Christ three times the angel specifically says, and Peter, the disciples, and Peter. Make sure that Peter comes. We want him there. Jesus wants him there. And Peter's the very one who, who denied Christ three times. Peter's the one who ended up being the leader of all of the disciples. Jesus takes the guy who denied him most, and he makes him the leader of everybody. Can I tell you, that's the nature of grace. Religion says if I'm strong enough, I can be pleasing to God. If I'm strong enough, I can be moral. If I'm strong enough, I can be disciplined. And then I'll be acceptable to God. That's religion. Grace says the opposite. Listen to me. If you hear anything this morning, listen to this. Grace says, no, it's not by works, but by grace you've been saved. It's not by what you can do. It's not where you've been, what you've done. What matters most is where Christ has been and what he's done for you on the cross. That's grace. Oh, we don't take advantage of it in such a way of say, well, I can just go live however I want because I'm covered by the grace of Jesus. No, 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 no. We understand that. But you've got to come to a point where you grasp and understand you will never be good enough. I will never be good enough for the grace of Jesus. But he freely gives it to us. The word is, is to Peter. Peter, I've got plans for you. Go tell them uh, Jesus wants to be with all the disciples and with Peter. It's a word of grace. There's a word of faithfulness. There's a word of grace. And the third thing is this. This is a word of mission. There's mission. Look at verse 7. But go. But go. Tell his disciples. And jump over in your Bibles to verse 15. Uh, Jesus says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. <laughs> go tell everyone. Don't rule anyone out. 
But go to every person. It's a mission. It's a plan. Listen, Jesus doesn't just save you so that you can make it to heaven. There's more than that. You have a mission. There's a goal. There's a plan. You're like, some of you, you, you don't quite get Christianity because maybe all you've seen is the, 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 the hell insurance. I mean, all you've seen is like, okay, I give my life to Christ, invite him in, then I won't go to hell, I'll go to heaven. That's true. It's biblical. But it's so much bigger than that. You see, God created you with a plan. He created you for a reason. There's a purpose that you're here. And the moment you, you breathe your, your breath, the moment your heart started to beat, God's like, I put you here for a purpose. And God has a plan for you no matter what stage of life you're in. And that plan is to accomplish his vision and mission for your life. And the biggest thing he's calling you to do is to glorify him by sharing his love with others. Go tell others. God has a plan. Now isn't it interesting what Mark records in verse 8? Once again, this is warts and all. Look at it. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone. <laughs> they said, just go tell. Go tell the disciples. Go tell the disciples what the answer is. Go tell the disciples. Go tell Peter. They leave. And in Bible courts, they didn't tell anyone. So you can appreciate and understand why these girls responded this way. Just look at that. They were trembling. They were bewildered. I think we would be as well. And let me ask you something. Has the resurrection of Christ affected you in that way or not? You'll never know that you've reached an understanding of the resurrection when there is, respon- when, when there, when there is a response of astonishment, trembling, and bewilderment. You'll know you're there. Because the good news is, Matthew actually clarifies for us that they did indeed end up going, and they did indeed share the good news. In Matthew chapter eight, verse uh, excuse me, chapter twenty-eight, verse seven says, "Then go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead. He's going ahead of you in Galilee. Though you see him now, I have told you." So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. They ran to his to his disciples, and and no, just because we're there, look at this, verse nine. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will see me. Isn't it interesting what Jesus said here? (laughs) Put yourself in the shoes of these ladies, just real quick. As suddenly Jesus appears before him, he's like, greetings. Jesus is like, hello, how are you? I mean, what are you going to say? And they're obviously, they're, they're astonished and they're leaping and just bowing at his feet, grasp hold of him. Is it really you? What do you think Jesus is going to say when you, when you reach heaven? When you, when you get to be in his presence and he sees, oh, you're here. Greetings, hello. We don't know. But what an interesting response. And what, what, I, what I think is interesting is it wasn't just, Hello, you peons. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't like, boy, look at me, look at me. I'm the resurrected Savior of the world. No, he's like, hey, greetings. Hi, guys. How's it going? That's because we have a Savior that longs to be a personal Savior. He longs to know you and um, for you to know him. Does this story of the resurrection drive you to awe? Does it drive you to that thought of, of trembling and bewilderment? Does it drive you to a greater awe and understanding of our Savior? 
you're overwhelmed by the power of God and the plan of God. And I just got to stop and like these ladies, fall at his feet and worship because I'm just oh so overcome that somebody would die for my sins, but then that he would raise up again to have, so that I could have life and have it to its fullest, that I could have life and more abundant life, as John 10.10 10 says. I believe it's the resurrection that will stand as the, the apex, if you will, in terms of his power and his love and his wisdom and his grace and his majesty. We need to spend the rest of our lives in awe of this reality. And we need to spend the rest of our lives sharing about the reality of what took place here when Jesus lived, died, and rose again. All of that. It's, a, it's, a, it's our purpose. There's a purpose. It's to go and tell. There's a mission that God wants to put you on. In a moment, we're going to take communion. And I want to invite the worship team to come join me on stage again. But we're talking about faithfulness. We're talking about grace. We're talking about mission. Everyone just look right here. Jesus Christ wants a relationship with you because he has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. It doesn't really matter what you've been or what you've done. What matters is what he's been and what he's done. Because he wants to draw you near so that you can know his power and his plan for your life. A plan to use you. A plan to work in you and work through you and share his love with others. I just want to encourage every believer today. Can I just encourage you with the first point? God is a faithful God. He's faithful. His word is true. And even over the past couple weeks, if you maybe you found yourself questioning and saying, God, where are you in the midst of this? What's going on? I mean, because let's face it, life didn't just stop. I mean, you've still got the same issues of life on top of this whole crazy COVID-19 thing and all the response to that. And you've, you've hit the wall, no doubt, several times over the past couple weeks. Can I just encourage you with the truth that God is faithful. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's a friend that sticks closer than any brother, and he wants to show himself that. Would you call on him? Scott, I'm mad at God. Okay, lament that to him. Just give it to him. Just release that to God. Because you know what James says in the New Testament? Word of God in the book of James, the New Testament says, if you draw close to God, he draws close to you. Draw close to him through lament, through praise, through prayer. Listen, saints, believers in Jesus, there have been times of the past couple of weeks, I don't even know what to pray. Let me encourage you. What I do in those moments is I just worship. I just praise him. I don't know what to say, God. You see what's in my heart? I can't even get it out of my heart right now. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to worship you. Join me in that. He's faithful. His grace, the second point. If you have yet to receive, I want to talk to every man watching me right now. You're a strong man. You like making your own decisions. You like plowing your own way. You're a hard worker. You're a man's man. God made you that way. But let me tell you what needs to happen. There needs to come a humility where you got to surrender that pride. This is for every man, every woman, every child I'm talking to. you got to surrender the pride of your heart. 
pride will take you out and take you down. There's a part of your life that was created to be filled by God and by Jesus and his grace and his love. You're a good guy. I mean, you're, you're an okay fella. You're an okay. But I'm telling you, you're nothing like what you'd be with Jesus Christ. And this affects your eternity. What are you going to do with the resurrection of Jesus? Will you receive and humble yourself enough to receive and admit the fact that you're a sinner and receive his grace? If, if that's you today, what I want you to do is even right now, between you and the Lord, would you just make that decision? Like between you and the Lord, right now, in a moment, we're going to take communion. We're going to remember the body and the blood of our Lord. But even before we do that, would you make a decision right now? Before that bread ever touches my lips, before I I even take that juice, I'm not going to take it in an unworthy manner. My heart is going to be right with Jesus. That this day, April 12th, will go down in the history books as the day when you bowed your head, you bowed your life, you gave up your pride, and you turned it over to Christ because Christ has a plan for you. I'm just, I feel this so strongly today. Christ has a plan for you. You've got to humble yourself because that plan needs to come about. We need this plan to be, be in action in your life. The kingdom of God needs you to fulfill God's plan. But it's got to start with you submitting your life to Christ and receiving freely his grace. So right now, just admit you're a sinner. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in him. I confess my sins and commit your life to following him the rest of your life. Receive freely his grace and let's put our faith in him. The final thing is just the mission. Every one of us has a mission. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And our mission is to continue that, to bring glory to Jesus, um, to, uh, to bring worship to him, but even beyond that, to point other people to him. And so that's our mission. What's our, what's our response to today's Easter resurrection message? Let's go and tell, go and tell, go and tell. Every one of us, let's have a new commitment to share the love of Christ with others. If you take that bread in your hand, Scripture says, For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took that bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Remember his body. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for surrendering your body. By your stripes, I am healed. Lord, I pray for every person in need of sickness or in need of healing because they're sick. I pray healing right now in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, I am healed. And take that cup, that juice. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He's coming back, and we rejoice in that. Let's remember his blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just put that cup and that bread aside then just for a second? And right there in your living room or wherever you're at, can you just close your eyes? And can you just thank Jesus for saving you? Thank him for his grace. Thank him for his forgiveness. Thank him that he's faithful to his word. Thank him for his grace, for the mission he's called you to. Commit yourself anew to following him this Easter.
He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Sing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Come on, sing it. Come on, sing it. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ. Sing it again. Amen. He's, he's alive. And I just want to uh, just commend you and, and welcome some of you to the kingdom of God, to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I just want to commend you and, and just um, uh, say, we want to hear about what God's doing in your life. If you gave your life to Christ, and maybe this was the first time, or maybe you've been running from God and you came back to him today, would you shoot us an email? Would you let us know? Or you can, you can even message us there on Facebook. Just shoot a message to the church. Shoot us an email at prayer at pathwayag.com because we'd love to hear about what God did in your life today. He saved you. He redeemed you. He forgave you of your sins. And you, you, you received that grace today. And that's awesome. If you give us your address, we'd love to just send you a little booklet, kind of a next step. Where do I go in my faith here? So let us know that.